Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Jesus, we've been on the teachings of Jesus. Jesus did teach new birth. He taught regeneration, that you must be born of the Spirit. Uh, John chapter 3, verse 7, he told Nicodemus, Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Here's Ephesians 2, 4. And Paul's just going to get us into the aspects of grace and faith in regeneration. But it's not just about regeneration. The reason he saved you is to conform you to his image. Sanctification. Ben, could you bring me down just a little bit? I got a little ring in my ears up here. Um, thank you, brother. So let's go to verse 4. But God, who's rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive. Everybody say, I'm alive. So this is new creation. This is new birth made alive by the Spirit. <clears throat> Together, you're not only alive, you're alive together with Christ. So you've been given union. His spirit has moved into your spirit. By grace, you've been saved. So grace is multi-sided. We've, we've talked about that, multifaceted. There's saving grace. And then there's empowering grace. All right? So in saving grace, this is the gift of God. You cannot save yourself. You can only consent to being saved and give him per- permission through his in-birth persuasion which we'll get to in just a minute. Verse 6, He raised you up together. You're sitting together in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come He can show you the exceeding riches of His grace, His kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you've been saved. There it is, the gift of God. Through faith though. And it's not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. Verse 9, Not of works lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship created or literally translated recreated in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Why do I say recreated? Because you're not who you used to be. As a born-again child, right Donna? As a born-again child of God, you are not who you used to be. You are a brand new creation in Christ. So according to Paul, you are saved not by grace alone, And not by faith alone, but by grace through your simple faith. Now, it's important here at uh, Grace Church. We want you to understand uh, grace is a part of it. Faith is a part of it as well. But not just your regeneration, not you becoming a new creation, but living life as a new creation. Does that make sense? Okay. Because God cares about both your regeneration and you're living every day looking like Him. Amen. Romans eight twenty nine that you're conformed to the image of His Son. I like to say it like this. We cannot anymore, as the church in America, separate the event of becoming a Christian from the process of becoming like Christ. Amen. Why? Why is that important? He cares about both. I would even say, you're born again, so you could be conformed to His image. That's really the goal, is to fill His earth, fill the earth with sons and daughters that look like Dad. So the whole reason you're born again, and I know it was a great day. It was a tremendous event. But there, that was a means to an end. And what the church in the West has done is, we celebrate the, the day you became a Christian and forgot about His real goal is that you become like Christ. of Americans claim to be Christian. 29% of those actually claim to be born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. We cannot be like God apart from God, so that's why you had to become new on the inside and get God's DNA. 
on the inside of you. How about this? The Holy Spirit doesn't just make sons. He matures sons. We have to care about both. We should celebrate both. Okay? So as a born-again child of God, we celebrate the event, the day you got saved. You became born again. But we also need to celebrate more and more and more we become like Christ. Shanna's testifying. I mean, she was saved. She was born again. But now she's testifying of His fullness, the fullness of His Spirit. His person is in control of her life, is leading and guiding her life. So God cares about both those things. We're not saved by grace alone or faith alone, but God's faith through simple faith. I'm going to say this again. You cannot save yourself, but you can consent to being saved and regenerated because only God who is spirit, can make spirit-born sons and daughters after his own kind. A church cannot make you a Christian. Going to church cannot save you. Amen, Amen, somebody. What's cool is you can't save yourself, but you can consent. Now, here's the crazy part. God saves you by grace through faith. And He supplies both of them. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word. I use the word consent, but isn't it true that God persuaded you to become a born-again Christian? And in-birth persuasion is faith. I'll show it to you here in in the Greek in just a moment, out of Romans 10, 17. I love that. He not only supplies the grace, the power for you to become a child of God, He supplied the faith to persuade you, inbirth it in you, and you said yes. So your faith is this partnership of the inbirth persuasion of God. He's the one talking to you about being saved. It wasn't the devil. Who was persuading you that day? He was. Through what? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. He spoke to you. You need to give your heart to me. Something to that, right? Something to that effect. You need to give your heart to me. You need to become my child. And so he supplied the grace, the power to save you through the uh, persuasion, the faith for you to consent. Oh my goodness. Thank you, Lord. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. So you, you got born again through the partnership of grace and faith. That's how you receive Christ Jesus. God's grace through your simple faith. Now, every day, what do we do? We're going to live by the partnership of grace and faith. Grace is God's power, His supply. Faith is your receptivity. Your participation with what's been supplied. It's you saying yes. Yeah, He's persuading you, but you're saying yes. You do have a choice in the matter. He didn't just save everybody against their will. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus, the Lord walk in Him. So when you are supernaturally born again by the Holy Spirit, an eternal, internal partnership began. You got born again by partnering with God. You're going to live every day by partnering with God. Grace and faith. And then look at verse 7. You're rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. You abound in faith through thanksgiving. 
What you are thankful for, you'll grow and increase in. Let's just pick one. Ask the Holy Spirit, lay upon my heart this week, what do you want me to really be intentional about thanking God for? So some of you, he may say, God's mercy. If If you'll thank him and be intentional, Lord, I thank you for your mercy. I'm so grateful for your mercy. I worship you for your mercy. You'll grow in an understanding of his mercy. It'll be formed in you. It'll start to cause faith to abound in you. Some of you, it may be God's love. If you'll start thanking Him for how much He loves you, you'll grow an increase in it. How about this, your family? Amen, somebody. Lord, I thank you for my family. If you'll be thankful, you will grow and increase. You'll abound in faith in those areas. I love that. So when you're abounding in faith because you're choosing to thank Him for all those things... What a powerful force that is. And guess what you're not doing? That's exactly right. If you're thankful and that's causing you now to abound in faith because you're so grateful, you're not whining. You're not griping. You're not murmuring and complaining. And you're not discontent saying that, you know what, God, you've given me a lot, but it's not enough. That's where sin occurs. Sin is born out of discontentment covetousness well lord i'm grateful for everything you give me but you know it's not enough i need to go over here and get this look at this faith is choosing to receive participate with act upon and look at this listen for what god's grace has provided faith is not you working your head off to get god to give you something If His grace hadn't provided it, your faith can't appropriate it. (laughs) Believe me, I've tried. I went through the faith movement. I was trying to make sacks of money appear on my porch. I'm serious. You're laughing. It is funny, but I really did. Look at this. If God's grace hasn't provided it, your faith can't make it happen. You don't need to work hard to get a bunch of faith. You need to know God. The more you know Him, you'll trust Him. You don't need to work hard to get faith. I can tell you where faith comes from. Are you ready? Faith comes by hearing. Good faith comes from good listening. You want to get faith? Listen to God. Man, that was, that wasn't me, Don. I was working my head off. I was trying to produce faith. I'm going to have some faith. Faith comes from God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So how do we get faith from the Word of God? By what? Listening to Him. And the word there is rhema. It's not just reading the scripture like Sports Illustrated. Rhema is a revealed word. It's you receiving that word out of relationship with God. He's speaking to you. And it becomes a living word on the inside of you. That's rhema. Logos is the word expressed. Jesus is the word expressed in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. Who knows what the next word is? He. 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 Not a book. He. He was in the beginning. Christ is the word expressed, but that doesn't mean it's been received. When you receive the word, God speaks it to you person to person out of relationship. It's rhema and there's faith on the inside of it. There's him persuading you to do what his will is. You getting born again was God persuading you to choose his will because it's his will for you to know him and be a new creation and get born out of death. He was persuading you. Romans chapter 8, verse 38, Paul said, I am persuaded. 
That neither height nor death, principalities or powers, anything can separate me from His love. Who was persuading Paul? God was. I can tell you where to get faith. Listen. Jesus preached a tremendous sermon last Sunday. I never even got up here to share a word. He, he did it all. And so much of it could be summarized in good faith comes from good listening. And in Mark chapter 7, remember verse 31 through 35. I think I have it on here. Right here. He went to uh, Decapolis. They brought to him one who was deaf and, and he couldn't speak. And they begged him to put his hands on him. And he took him aside, Jesus did, and put his fingers in his ears. You know, wet willies. Who knows what he's doing? And then he spat. I don't know if he spat in the guy's eye, spat on his uh, mouth. I don't know where he spit, but he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and he said, Ephatha, that is, be opened. And immediately, what was opened first? His ears. Lord showed me a couple of weeks ago, many of you have had locks on your tongues. He has given you encouragement for your children. He's given you encouragement for your grandchildren, for your spouse, for your family, for your co-workers. He's put a word in your mouth, but the enemy has locked it down. And the Lord said, tell them, Steve, I'm going to loose their hearing first. And then I'm going to loose their tongue. Because when they hear that word from me, it's not just them trying to come up with something, but they hear that word from me, it's already anointed. It's already got authority in it. And so we release it. But he's, gonna, he's opening our ears. That's the sermon he was preaching last week. So powerful. So I can tell you where to get faith. Be a good listener. Listen for the voice of the Lord. Eat the Word's a great tool. Why? Because it acclimates people to hear the voice of the Lord using the integrity of Scriptures. How many of you think grace is important? Did you know I can tell you where to get grace? Hebrews 4.16, in time of need. You find grace in time of need. What does that mean? You acknowledge your need of God. So you got born again. Grace into your need. Faith, His inverse persuasion for you to consent. Now, as you began this way, walk every day like this. Colossians 2.6, you began this way. You heard the voice of the Lord. You received the grace. You acknowledge your time of need. That means you humble yourself. God opposes the proud, gives grace to the humble, those who know their need. I'm telling you where to find grace. Acknowledge you need Him. Even, even Shanna's testimony was, I did everything apart from Him. I was just doing it myself. Self-reliant, I believe, is the word. We're not created and recreated in Christ Jesus to be self-reliant. We came to Him knowing we had need of Him. Now live every day the same way. And you'll find grace to help in time of need. And then I'm telling you where you find faith. Faith comes through listening. It comes from the Word of God. So be intentional about His grace and faith. You say, Brother Steve, well, let me, I'm going to show you Romans 10, 17 first. And then I'll conclude with that. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you eat this passage, the word, word is rhema. I've already said this. Great faith comes from great listening. Now here's, if you do the word study through Bible Hub, we'll just eat it together here this morning. The word faith is pistis in the Greek. 
And I encourage you to take a picture of this and go sit with it. This is super important because we are people of grace and faith. And I thought faith was something I was always trying to muster. It says that pistis, the Greek word for faith here in Romans ten seventeen, faith, faithfulness, fidelity, belief, trust, and confidence. It says to be persuaded to come to trust. Faith is always a gift from God and never something produced by us. Everybody okay? Faith is actually in God's spoken word. He speaks to you. There's faith in it. There's persuasion in it. Why? Because he's good. It is God's in-birth persuasion. The Lord continuously births faith. Persuasion to do his will in the yielded believer. What kind of believer? How many of us have not, not been yielded? Maybe we're like Shanna. Maybe we were self-reliant. We were just going to do it on our own. All right? But he continuously bursts faith, persuasion to do his will in the yielded believer. You want grace and faith to live every day? Yield. Acknowledge your need of him and let him persuade you to trust him. He does this so you can know him and what he prefers. I love the word agapeo. Agape is noun in the Greek for love. God is love. First John. Agapeo is the verb. And it literally means God's love at work inside you. The love of God has been shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Spirit, persuading you to choose his choices and prefer his preferences. What what are you saying, Brother Steve? I'm saying God is speaking. God is always releasing Himself in us and to us and through us if we'll let Him. We're not faith challenged. We're listening challenged. We do not take time to listen. We do not take time to sit with Him. We do not take time to hear. Now look at our country. Are there any distractions around us? Television, shopping, internet, football, sports, you name it. What are they? Distractions. The Lord asked me, Steve, are you willing to set everything aside that prevents you from listening to me? Will you lay aside idols, things, and people that keep you from spending time listening to me and letting me in-birth faith and persuasion in you. See, I used to live my Christian life persuading God. How many of your prayer life, how much time have we spent trying to persuade God? And here I am telling you, He wants to persuade you to do His will. (laughs) Isn't that powerful? No longer does it have to be us begging God to get in on what we're up to. Now we get to say, Lord, just let me listen and you persuade me to choose your choices. You persuade me to do your will. And I'll consent. And in that consenting, well, that is faith. All right. Uh, Scott, you guys can go ahead and come back. I want to leave you with this. What's our role then? Preacher, I mean, you're telling me, okay, God's supplying the grace. God's supplying the faith. What am I supposed to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Number one. A listening ear. Mark 7. Read it to you. Let him open your ear and then he'll loose your tongue. Let him open your ear first. 
Number two, a believing, receptive heart. What is that? Matthew 13. The soils. We have too much stony ground, too many thorns, too many distractions, the cares of the world. All those things choke the word, the living voice. I know this is challenging, but we need to reprioritize our lives to be better listeners to the voice of the Lord. Remember Kyle's word last Sunday? Deaf children at play. These, these children were deaf to all that was going on around them. And the Lord said, that's you. I'm going to make you so attuned to me and my voice, you will become deaf to everything the world's screaming at you. What's our role? We have a role. Listening ear. Prioritize time to listen. Faith comes by hearing that way. Number two, have a believing and receptive heart. Then let it camp in the soil of your heart. Pass through your mind, the gateway of your mind. Let it rest, the words of the Lord, in your heart. And then number three, everybody say, I love Brother Steve. Obey him. (laughs) Do what he says. Luke 6, why do you call me Lord, Lord? You don't do what I say. That's what Jesus said. And if you do the things I say, man, it'll be like building your house on a rock. And when all the world makes all its noise and the storms and the floods, you won't hear it because you'll hear me. This is so powerful. I know this is rushed. I'll ask him this week, you know, do you want us to camp here for a little while? Yeah, because we need to understand faith. Faith is not all your effort. Faith is you choosing to listen, choosing to have a believing and receptive heart, childlike. And then number three, obey what he's promised you. Now, I like all the P's. You know, this is, this is Steve's personality here. Obey what he's promised you from the power and persuasion he's provided you. Four P's there. Obey what he's promised you because when he's speaking to you, he's telling you something. He's promised his word from the power that's grace for 1 Corinthians 15 10 Paul said I labored more abundantly than anybody else but it wasn't me it was the grace of God in me so the grace is power 2 Corinthians 12 Jesus told Paul the three the thorn in the flesh the three times my grace is sufficient for you my power Jesus defined grace as power obey what he's promised you from the power and then the persuasion if you'll listen he'll persuade you to do his will to choose his choices and he's provided all that for you let me say one last time faith is not you doing something to get God to give you something you think you need faith allows you to live in the reality and participate with what God's grace has already sent you I have so many thoughts Matthew 18 that was three weeks ago remember when The servant was forgiven the million-dollar debt, and then he choked his guy who owed him $20. It's because he didn't really receive it. He didn't believe his debt was forgiven, or maybe he thought he deserved it. Romans 4, 4, to him who works for God. The blessings in life are not counted as grace, but as debt. And as soon as it's debt that you think you did something, that God owes you something, you just nullified grace. Faith appropriates what God's grace has already given you. You are saved. 
You are sealed with the Holy Spirit. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're full of faith. You're full of goodness. You're full of holiness. This is who you are. That's all God's grace has given you. Faith just says, Lord, I believe it and I receive it. Let's dance with it and keep listening. Okay, will you stand with me? Wow. I'm just, uh, Stephen, just going to turn it to Gretchen as soon as I'm finished. Let's pray. Every head bowed. Father, thank you this morning for everything that you've written upon our hearts. Oh, we are hungry. I can feel it. We want to know you. We want to know you more. And we want to grow in our understanding, not only of who you are, but Lord, grace and what you've supplied. And then faith. Lord, uh, you're in birth persuasion, persuading us. I pray for everyone here that we would be empowered. We'd be quickened. Lord, to Shema, that we would not only hear, we would obey. We would not only hear, we would obey. Listening ear, believing heart, and then Shema. We hear and we obey the voice of our Lord. Thank you, Father, for everything you're doing. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Amen.